Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Episode 362, The Multiple Forms of Capital to Earn and Build Wealth with Laura Aldaney. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are playing you one of our favorite interviews we've ever done, but we have never shared it on the podcast before. This was from our Future of Frugal Summit in 2021. And if you were with us two years ago, then hopefully you got a chance to hear it. But even if you have, it's still a great one to re-listen to. It still holds up and it continues to live in my mind as one of our best interviews, even though, again, we didn't do it for the podcast, we did it for the summit. But now we want to share it with you because super unique perspective, super helpful information from Laura Aldaney. So yeah, really and glad has we're, truly we're guided, it, it has truly guided a lot of our thoughts moving forward, like since this interview the last two and a half years. So you're going to hear a lot, a lot of the inspiration that we've used kind of stemmed from our interview with Laura. But mm. first, this episode is brought to you by Christmas cards. If you haven't sent them out by now, do not do it. Do not feel pressure to do it. Give up, girlfriend. Post a pic on Insta. Slap a happy holidays graphic on it in Canva. Save the paper. Save the money. Give yourself some grace. Grandma will survive. Now, take a deep breath in. I know that was a lot. Breathe out. Feel that weight lifted from your shoulders. Do you like that feeling? That's the feeling we're giving out three times a week in the friend letter. We have got it three times a week. If you want to feel it, then head to frugalfriendspodcast.com, sign up for the friend letter because we're giving more permission and more money-saving tips all the time. Wow. You really just walked us through a mindfulness exercise. Right? Really short and sweet, but beautiful. Well done. And that is what we're doing with the friend letter. Getting rid of all the Christmas cards. (laughs) Though I'm still, I'm planning to do Christmas cards because we are recording this like a month out. So we'll see. We'll see if I listen to this, if I haven't sent them by the time this airs, I'm just not going to. But. Not going to lie, that's one of my unpopular opinions. I think it's a waste of money and time because someone will send me a Christmas card in the mail that they pay, what is it, 56 cents to send to me? And the very same picture is posted on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And Facebook. Why mm-hmm. Why are we mailing these? Why are we right, pre- yes. And that's well, just we- the cost of postage, much less what you paid the photographer, uh-huh. how much you paid to print it out. Well, we don't color, pay a photographer. We just go over to your house and have you take it with our phone, Jill. Yeah. This is literally what we do. Um, so, yeah. And we just send them to grandma. Oh, you'll get the invoice. Yeah. But we understand grandma will survive if we don't send her a Christmas card. But they're also good. Once you have kids, they're like good. Um, scrapbook kind of items. I don't have a scrapbook, but if I did, that's what I would want to be in my scrapbook. 
So instead of the scrapbook, I just have the cards. Wow. So there you go. Okay. All right. Anyways, let's let's talk about sustainability. Um, well, so we talked about the eight forms of capital with Laura back in 2021. Um, and the eight forms of capital, it's not just natural capital. So we talk a lot about being a good steward of your resources. That's what frugality is. Being a good steward of your money, your time, natural resources, physical space. And that lines up very similarly with Laura. That's kind of why we invited her on. And she talks about um, in permaculture, there it is this closed loop system, uh, closed loop way of life. Whereas a lot of things in our lives have a start and end up in a in a dump. So in permaculture, they have these eight forms of capital, and it was just like this mind blowing concept of. So we need money to buy things. So it makes sense. We talk a lot about earning money to buy those things. But what if we, as often as possible, were able to get creative and bypass the money and earning more and and go directly to the things we really want, the things money can't buy? We use the resources we have that are not monetary to acquire other resources that are also not monetary. Uh, So that, I hope that blew your mind because that's really what this interview is about. And uh, Laura is a permaculture expert. She's an expert on using these forms of capital to build wealth, build resiliency. And uh, we're so excited to to share this. And if you want to queue up a few other good ones to listen to after this, um, we loved our recent episode 323 uh, with Brad Barrett of Choose FI, what financial independence looks like today. Uh, Laura started in the financial independence community and has been really invested in that community, trying to usher people towards more sustainable forms of building wealth. And then another interview we did from the 2021 summit was with Rich Jones, uh, episode 305. We put that, you know, we loved that one also so much that we put it in episode 305, Intentional Strategies to Increase Your Income. And this one really emphasizes social capital, which is one of those forms of capital. So using your connections and um, and all of that. So episode 323, episode 305. But first, let's get into this one. Laura, thank you so much for coming. We're so excited to have you here. I'm very excited to be here. Thank yeah, you for inviting for me. On. Yeah. I mean, and you are actually another St. Pete resident. So we're all in the same city right now <laughs> in different places recording this <laughs> technology. Lucky us. It's great. Um, so please tell everyone watching this because I am, I have been so excited for this and I hope that a lot of people will watch this, uh, this session for the summit. Like tell us about your mission and why you're passionate about it. (laughs) So I help people achieve financial resilience in ways that help address our major social and environmental problems instead of causing them. And there's there's so much out in the conventional wisdom and personal finance space that keeps us focused on working and investing in harmful and destructive industries. And it doesn't have to be that way, though. There are alternatives. They're far lesser known, but they exist. Um, And so I just, I'm out there trying to open people's minds to the possibilities beyond what, um, you know, mainstream media and investing and and wealth conversations are feeding them. And I'm passionate about this because I am concerned about, um, you know, people and planet and the environmental and social challenges I think we face. And so this is a way of building wealth that helps us be more resilient in the face of those challenges, as well as addressing them. And I really believe that this, um, you know, what I'm helping people to do, what I'm talking about, what I offer people is it connects people with a much more um, 
it's it, it's a path to a higher quality of life and, and well-being as well you know in tandem with that pursuit of wealth it it looks to our own resourcefulness and creativity and gives us the opportunity to to tap into that and um you know move from consumer to producer and that fulfillment and satisfaction of that Laura, I am so thrilled with the things that you're saying. And it's such an important space to be in. And unfortunately, not a message that we hear often, like the words that are coming out of your mouth sound like fresh water. And I don't encounter fresh water very often. (laughs) I think there's also an element for me, I know Jen said before we started recording that I'm a little bit disconnected from this space of personal finance experts. I obviously have money and I want to do well with my money. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in it all the time. And so because of that, I don't know what I don't know. And I think in some ways I can represent the general, the, the general public. I mean, maybe, maybe not everybody, but knowing that or, or assuming there's one way towards wealth, maybe a collection of ways, but here's your general path. And I think for you to describe, listen, where we put our money matters, like just moving beyond what we do in our daily lives. Like I recycle and now you're saying, no, there's actually, like, there's, there's more macro level things that we can be looking at that are sustainable, but also benefit us. So Anyhow, that's my monologue to say. I'm really excited about what you're saying. Thanks for the water. (laughs) You're you're very welcome. My pleasure. And actually, I do get that a good bit, what you said, Jill, about I don't know what I don't know. And that's what I, you know, that's why I'm so, in part, why I'm so passionate about this, because people don't realize these Mm -hmm. other possibilities even exist. Mm. Yeah. So you talk about different forms of capital. Can you tell us about that? What does that mean? What are you seeing? Sure. Well, I'm going to back it up a little bit and explain that I was introduced to this concept of multiple forms of capital through permaculture. Mm-hmm. And permaculture, I describe it as a design science that looks to nature and its closed loop, abundance-based, no-waste model you know, system as the model. And so through my diving into permaculture and its teachings, I was exposed to what in the permaculture space is referred to as the eight forms of capital. And so um, that's just the way it's discussed in permaculture, but this concept exists beyond that. In fact, there is a community capitals framework that has been put together. So communities, you know, when they're, they're, they don't have, a lot of financial resources, often rural communities, they will look to these non-monetary forms of capital to recognize the wealth and resources that already exist in their midst. They're just not in the form of dollar signs. And so I'll talk through each of the eight forms of capital very briefly, just to give people um, an overview of what they are. And the first one is the one we all know and deal with most, and that's financial capital, our money, our you know, national currencies, stocks and bonds, that's all in the financial currency space. Then we have material capital. So these are the more tangible things like the laptops we're using in our microphones that we're using to communicate with each other, our homes, our cars, any of the hammers or shovels that we're using, the, the rocks, these physical tools, these are material capital. Then we have um, intellectual capital. So that's the knowledge, that's the books behind me that I read to gain, um, you know, the books are material, but the information, the knowledge I gain from them uh, is intellectual capital. So if I read about how to fix a bicycle, for example, if I want to change my own tire or something like that, repair something on my bike, I read about it. Then I go out to my bike and actually physically do the work to um, replace the tire or repair it. That's experiential capital. I'm out there doing it. I'm gaining that experience. So experiential capital are those skills. And it's not just the physical skills, though. It's your podcasting skills. It's all the skills we learn when we learn how 
some to do something new, this talent stack of skills that we have. So that's experiential capital. Spiritual capital. So you know, it could be your religious faith if you're religious. It could be your yoga practice if you practice yoga. It's just how you connect with the universe is your spirit, spiritual capital. Then we have living capital. So that's the water, the trees, the gardens, the fruit trees in our yards, the parks near us that we go out to. When we go to national parks and we're out there taking in all of that beautiful nature, that's living capital. We also have cultural capital. Cultural capital is our shared capital of songs, movies, a common history. Food is a great example, ethnic foods, the foods that we share as different cultures. And then um, social capital. And so social capital is, you know, we're building a little bit of social capital right now, just having this conversation and building the connections with the people at the summit who, who are, you know, engage, you know, watching us have this conversation. It's when you get a job because you have a connection to someone. It's when a hurricane comes through St. Petersburg and you don't have your own generator, but you've lost power, but your neighbor next door has a generator and lets you plug in your refrigerator or a fan or something. So that's, that's social capital. Mm -hmm. And so those are the, the eight forms of capital, these non-monetary forms of capital. And if we, if we think about it, the financial capital, which we all focus on, we focus on it because it's a means of exchange and it's our access point to the other forms of capital. It's not that we want dollar bills because we like to stack them up and like, you know, make a statue out of them because they're so beautiful or, or there's some other in, intrinsic value Yeah, our money's kind of ugly. Yes. And even the, so you're, yes, colorful currencies are certainly more engaging visually, but even then primarily we want, we want them because we're going to exchange them and they're our gateway and access point to these other forms of capital. And so in terms of your frugality um, and friends, or is it frugal friends um, audience? You know, I, I really think if we we get so focused and drawn into getting that financial capital in our lives, and what are we going to do? How are we going to trade our time or set up our passive income streams to get it? But we can also focus more on how do we just go directly get these other forms of capital, these non-monetary forms of capital without needing to trade our life energy for money. And, and again, you know, it, as I mentioned before, how do we move more into that producer versus consumer role and have that more fulfilling opportunity to solve our own problems? Money just robs us of the opportunity to use our creativity so often because we're so busy, so trapped in the system that we can't think about um, how to get these other forms of capital without money. And, and for example, I, um, I needed a new shower curtain rod. And I really did not like the idea of going out to a store and, and certainly saving money is a good thing. And that was part of it. But just one more shower curtain in the world, does someone really, you know, need to buy another shower curtain and use those resources? There was so much energy that went into producing it. Um, where is it going to go, you know, when I'm done with it? It's, you know, it's just going to end up in a landfill or here in our county in an incinerator polluting the air. Um, so, I could, you know, I was trying to find one at a thrift store or a garage sale, and I just wasn't finding one. And finally, I looked outside my window, and I saw that I have this beautiful slender bamboo growing in my yard. And I thought, hot damn, that is my shower curtain rod. And it's this beautiful piece of nature that I've brought into my bathroom that already happens to be green and brown colored anyways. And I just love the feel of this natural product, you know, that was completely free, that's completely renewable. Bamboo grows, you know, like anything. So it just because I did not go out and spend the money, I gave myself to have the opportunity to have that aha moment and get such a better product for myself in the end. I I love that concept because we've always said that frugality 
I mean, most of it is just getting creative. It's not being inconvenienced. It's not being, or, you know, at the expense of others living, like it's not negative. It's just forces you to get creative. And so the fact that you're like reiterating, like money robs us of our natural ability to be creative. And it's, it's such a, a wild, like thought to meditate on. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. The social worker inside of me is like leaping at everything that you're (laughs) describing. I honestly have not heard of, you know, the eight forms of capital um, before you. And, And yet it's it's not unfamiliar concepts either. Mm-hmm. And I think it just put it puts vocab to what I think a lot of us do experience. I mean, when uh, there was a time when my husband and I made very little money. I mean, by m- American standards, we were below the poverty line. And yet I felt wealthy. I didn't think like, oh my word, where's my next meal coming from? I mean, thank goodness. I, I, I was very blessed in that situation. And and I would say like, we have family and friends who are supporting us. Like I still do have a form of transportation. And I think you're putting words to why I felt that way. Mm-hmm. And I think even beyond that, not not just looking back, but also looking forward for what are our standards for whether or not we're, we are wealthy or um, happy or content. There's so much more to look at. And I think you've just broadened the horizon on that. And so thank you for that terminology and vocabulary that we can be focusing on. And as Jen said, meditating on. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. So how yes, do I would love to shift how we define a rich or wealthy life. Let's talk about that. Like so earning more and investing in these like forms of capital like how what are what are the ways that we can like invest and earn like outside of the financial capital like because this is definitely a more environmentally and socially conscious way to earn and invest. So like, where do we go about starting? (laughs) Well, okay. So certainly I think just looking more closely at the multiple forms of capital 
you know, and thinking about, like I said, how do you access them without money? Not, I, I want to be cautious because I want us to wisely steward these forms of capital. We don't want to over harvest them or abuse them, you know, and, and deplete them like we've done in, in our other, in our traditional economy. But I do think that, um, you know, they offer an opportunity for us to think about, um, you know, what else in our life um, could provide value for us in the form of financial capital if we needed to exchange it. Um, you know, so just even, you know, being able to grow your own food or forage food, for example, I love here where we live, you know, we're coming upon a time soon where mangoes are going to be dropping in the alleys going to waste. Avocados are going to be so abundant. And, you know, in years past, I've gone around on my bike and just harvested the foraged them. And then I've taken them to our local Kenwood Organics and exchanged them for other produce and chicken eggs, you know, that I didn't have myself. So there's an opportunity to use those forms of capital without, you know, even bringing in the financial capital to exchange them. But you could also sell them, you know, or, or, or make money from your skills, from your intellect, from your singing, you know, from cultural capital. So it's just how, how do you tap them wisely, these forms of capital? So that's an answer to your question that looks directly at those forms of capital. In terms of, you know, stepping away from that and thinking more about, okay, we are in this monetary um, economy right now, and how do we navigate that in a more socially and environmentally conscious way? I think in terms of earning money, we can look to a Buddhist concept of right livelihood. And so this Buddhist concept of right livelihood is, you know, finding ways to earn money that are honest and don't harm people or planet, mm. you know, and we can think about that in our jobs, you know, what is the environmental and societal impact of, of the work we're doing? And how does that feel to us? You know, here, you know, the, the three of us, we're working to, you know, kind of in personal development, personal finance, helping people improve their lives. Um, you know, little things I've done, you know, I had a backyard plant nursery at one time and um, I have, I do a good bit of dumpster diving because the waste in our country just really, really upsets me. We do not have good solutions for waste. And so, you know, one year I probably made three or $4,000 off of eBay and other sites selling what I was rescuing out of thrift store dumpsters, Aldi dumpsters, you know, university dumpsters at the end of the semester, because so much still perfectly usable and valuable stuff gets thrown away. So I, you know, if people are concerned about waste, I think tapping the waste stream to redirect it, because I say that there's no such thing as waste. There are only misdirected resources and poorly designed systems. Um, so, you know, I strongly encourage anyone, you know, to interested in that to think about that because I think there's a lot of potential. We don't have um, good, good solutions for, for waste and we produce far too much of it. So mm -hmm. that's on the income side is, you know, thinking about right livelihood and just the environment and, and society in general. How can we have work that helps to address these challenges? And then in our investing so there are so many um, really great things percolating out there that people don't know. I, um, and you, there are ways to invest in these things in, in you know, going deeper into the personal finance lingo, you know, tax advantaged ways in retirement accounts and, and non-tax advantaged ways just directly. And so I always encourage people even first before they think about investing is to start with banking. Where are you banking? Because when your money sleeps at a bank, it's supporting something. It's not sleeping at the bank. They have farmed it out, shipped it out somewhere else. So are you comfortable with what your bank is supporting? And if you're with a major bank, you're more than likely supporting fossil fuels. So if you've divested from fossil fuels in your investing, but your bank money in the bank is still supporting it, that may be something that doesn't sit right with you. So there are way, you know, socially responsible banks like Aspiration or Amalgamated Bank. 
There are also banks where we can put our money to work in under-resourced um, communities, uh, you know, communities that don't have the access to capital that more affluent communities do. So, you know, there are community development financial institutions, CDFIs. Many of them are banks. And like I said, they're in low-income communities. The, the HOPE Credit Union in, in Mississippi is a, is one that does a lot of good work. There's also the Native American Bank. You know, you can park your money, even if you can't invest or, or make a, a philanthropic contribution you, and you're concerned about indigenous populations, you can open a savings or checking account or a CD with the Native American Bank and they're lending that money to indigenous populations for mortgages for small businesses. So even just starting with banking is a great way to do it. In investing, you know, an easy kind of gateway one that I like to talk about, and I think, Jen, you know about this, is worthy, worthy bonds. You know, it's a 5% return on investment, and they're um, using the money to make loans to small businesses. So at least it moves your money off of Wall Street and closer to Main Street. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good one. I have really come to appreciate Steward. I think the website is gosteward.com. They're making loans to regenerative farmers, small regenerative farmers, you know, and I think their loans are returning five to 8%. That's not too bad. And it's helping, um, you know, regenerative farmers who need money that, and they're even, you know, this is generally beyond organic. They're really working to regenerate the soils, you know, and, and restore the biodiversity on their farms that we're, we're losing. So that's just to say that these opportunities are out there. there people, like, like we said, they just don't know what they don't know. And there's, there's information on my website that, where people can find more, out more. Um, but I'll also say quickly, for those that are interested in doing this in a tax-advantaged way, what's really helped me is that I learned about self-directed retirement accounts. And so these are accounts that allow for a much wider range of investing than traditional retirement accounts, which limit us to the offerings of Wall Street primarily. Mostly people who are using these self-directed accounts are in real estate. But it's not limited to real estate. You know, both of the investments I just described, the worthy and steward, I've made through my self-directed IRA. And I've made an, a number of others, all the others I've mentioned on my website. So there are tr the more traditional, the IRAs, but there are also solo 401ks for people who own their own businesses. So I think only 4% of the retirement accounts out there are these self-directed kind. So there's potential, huge potential for an explosion for people to move their money out of these harmful, destructive, extractive industries and the marketplace and, and direct it towards what they really want to see in the world to invest in the future they want to create. And one quick resource I'll share for anyone who's listening that's interested, there's a wonderful group online called The Next Egg. So it's a play on nest egg, The Next Egg, and it's an online forum for people who are pursuing this self-directed retirement investing and looking for these types of investing investments outside of, um, you know, that are more towards sustainability and um, sustainable solutions. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's new territory that we're charting here, stepping out of this. So it's great to have this group to, to walk that path together. Mm, beautiful, Laura. Thanks for giving all of those resources and, and tips and even talking about banking. I think until I met Jen and was talking with her about this, I, it, it wasn't even a thought on my radar. I mean, I guess if you sat me down and had me think about it a little more, like, what do you think your <laughs> bank's doing with that money? Like, I'd get there. <laughs> it's just, I didn't, it was never something I sat down and thought about. So I'm so thrilled to be having this conversation. And I'm also curious to hear your thoughts on some of these lesser talked about aspects of what you're presenting as we're talking about wealth. And you, you discuss community sufficiency and interconnectedness as a form of wealth. And you've already mentioned some of that, like borrowing your neighbor's generator. But I'm curious to hear more uh, from you on this topic, because again, I, I don't think we talk about it a lot, especially as a form of wealth and how we can tap into that. 
Sure. So yes, the, this the the community sufficiency, the interconnectedness, the the, the even financial interdependence as opposed to financial independence. And I will give Vicki Robin credit for introducing me to that concept. That's something she talks about in um, Your Money or Your Life. But these, this is all under the umbrella of social capital. And you know, to the extent that people are out there talking about multiple forms of capital you know, and, and their importance, I think many of us w would agree that social capital of all of them is probably the most important. It's where the resilience is. You know, it's, it's what's going to get us through when we're really in need. And so I, it is a form of wealth. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's as little as, you know, what we talked about before under the realm of social capital, but there's also, you know, you can really work to cultivate it. So I have a dear friend, Jenny Nazak, who wrote a book called Deep Green, All About Low Footprint Living. And so she has done a wonderful job of creating, you know, working on the front of her yard towards the sidewalk to put in a bench so people can stop and rest and gather and chat. Mm. You know, you could put in a little free library. I just met a neighbor down the road a couple of days ago within 48 hours of her putting up a little free library because I knew any neighbor in my community that had one was someone I wanted to meet. Mm. You, you know, you could put, if you're into plants, put out a little box and, and for free plants. You know, there are so many ways, you know, just making an effort to get to know your neighbors and, and build that connection. And it doesn't have to just be neighbors. We've had conversations, some of my friends in St. Petersburg, you know, we instead of all of us selling our homes and living together in an intentional community house, how do we build that intentional community among ourselves? You know, so that we know that when we need something, these are the people we can tap. This is our um, community sufficiency. And for the three of us in, in St. Pete, we're so fortunate that we have the Time Bank. We have, so Time Bank is a, um, is a bank where the unit of exchange is time and everyone's time is valued equally. And so it, it can be, you know, anything from, you know, helping someone weed their yard to I used our time bank to have someone come take pictures of me for my social media, you know, so I didn't have to hire a photographer. It's, it's just limited to our imagination, the exchanges we can come up with. And the, again, the currency is time, but that's the whole point of the time bank is to foster that community sufficiency, that financial interdependence, that interconnectedness. And so not every community has a time bank, but they have buy nothing projects. They can join their buy nothing group. That I don't think that's always the reality, but I know based on what I've read from the women who's founded that that was part of their goal was to foster that community interaction and build more community. I love what you're describing because I think it also hits on what Jen and I have noticed with this podcast and the community that has been created around this, that it is far more important and rich than anything Jen and I could just do together or than, or just a podcast. Like it's mm -hmm. the community that has been created that we are just seeing is so helpful on so many levels. So yeah, I, I agree with you, Laura, and what, what can come out of this interconnectedness and looking at our community, both giving and receiving that reciprocity that can exist in relationship there is beautiful. Yeah. And, and I agree. You do have to take some step to show that you are willing to be like connected. I know it's a lot easier to sit inside after work or sit like secluded in your back porch, but like we, since having our son, now will either sometimes go on the front of our house um, and we see a lot more people walking their dogs and neighbors walking like from their cars, uh, you know, into their homes after work. And like we see a lot more because we are putting ourselves out there uh, to connect with our neighbors. And so like I've always been the introvert that stays at home inside, doesn't talk to people. And my husband is 
makes connections and new friends wherever he goes. And it's just been, it's been delightful for me to get to benefit from that, to like have neighbors for the first time in my life where we'll go across, you know, across the alley to their backyard and have a beer, like after work. It's so beautiful, but it does take a little bit of effort. It's so worth it though. Uh, So we are asking this question to all of our speakers, Laura, in, in different forms, but we would really like to know, what do you hope the future of earning uh, and or investing like looks like for the future for us? Well, and I think I've pretty much touched on it. I hope it's a shift more towards this right livelihood, you know, so that people can feel good about what they're, they're, the work they're doing and feel like they're contributing to solutions and, and helping people and helping to solve our environmental challenges and investing. You know, I, I would love to see money much more if not money coming out of wall street you know and moving towards these investments that are are, again much more working towards our solving our our social and environmental issues and giving people that satisfaction it also engages you so much more in your um, investing journey you know as opposed to just tracking the 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 spreadsheet and the charts and the dots on the 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 graph you know it's like what's happening at that farm today or what's that small business how are they doing you know it's just it's it's such a richer experience of Mm. investing that's so awesome yeah it gets it outside of just being like how much can i earn and being like how much can i give back and still earn i love that none of this involves like moving off the grid into like a a place like (laughs) i'm sorry i've been watching a lot of cult shows but like into like those little communities that cults (laughs) (laughs) but but none of it involves that you we are living in a city right now we live in a a very populated city and you are and you are doing this like you're very much on grid and really making a difference um so i i love that this also that makes it more accessible to more people Well, and I think it brings people along in the process, right? Not everybody is to the point that you are, Laura, in this journey. And I think in in any journey we talk about, it takes people to help guide, to teach, to show, to respond to, to give advice. And so I think remaining engaged in the community is what helps to build that and grow that and not just become a little pocket, isolated, doing this in the middle of nowhere. So, so much of what you're saying, I'm, I'm hoping with you and I'm excited about what you have your sights on. That being said, Laura, do you have a bill of the week for us? for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Yes, my bill of the week would be that we we have been sold a bill of goods, believing that we have to be part of this consumerist harmful capitalist system, at least our current version of capitalism. And I think that we can extract ourselves from it and live far richer lives. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's completely possible. And I just, I encourage people to think outside of the box and look beyond the picture that they're living in right now. Hmm. (laughs) That is such an inspiring bill. Inspiring bill. (laughs) People are like... I lowered my internet bill. <laughs> Me over here. Bigger people. Narrator of Anchorman. Okay. <laughs> yes. Every time. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. 
If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on and inspiring us. And I hope that somebody listening to this is motivated to either get their money out of their big bank um, or do something that just builds interconnectedness between them and the people around them. Um, We especially need it now more than ever. So where can people go to find more from you? So my website is richandresilientliving.com. You can um, find lots of blog posts about these topics there. I'm also on Instagram at rich underscore resilient. Thanks again, Laura. Laura is a national treasure. I think we all know that now. <laughs> she is fantastic. I, uh, I love that I get to see her occasionally around town because we both live, in, we all live in the same city. But Laura lives especially close to me, and uh, her boyfriend does the garden grandpa at the uh, library. So once a month, he will take um, fruits from his garden and teach kids about local um, like produce or flowers or whatever he's growing in his garden at, at that time in the season and and teach kids about it. And yeah, I just I I love how they're getting creative, right? Yeah. To build wealth. And not totally they're not living off the grid somewhere, right? They're still embedded in society, but they're just choosing an alternative path to building wealth. And um it's great. She's got some some great ideas for investing and uh yeah, I love it. Wow. The library, man, so much to do and (laughs) discover there. That's amazing. Well, we hope that you enjoyed listening to this one as much as we enjoyed having the conversation, rehaving the conversation. And something else that we love is reading all of your kind reviews. So many of you are out here choosing kindness in your review writing. And we thank you. We especially love this one that we want to share from Frugal Young Mama, who said, I love this podcast. It's so fun, funny, and frugal. Love that alliteration. It's nice to have a lighthearted podcast about stuff that is so important, like finances. I feel like finances is something a lot of people don't like to talk about because it's serious. These girls find a way to make it fun and enjoyable to listen to. So great. Mm. So glad you're loving it. Yes. Thank you, frugal young mama. I, I'm a frugal, almost young mama. <laughs> so I feel like I resonate with you. Thank you. <laughs> Not that young anymore, but we're trying. Right.
But I mean, if you resonate, please take a minute to leave a rating and review. It helps potential new listeners know that some of us are frugal mamas of varying in ages, and some of us are frugal women of varying ages. (laughs) There's a variety. There's something for everyone. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. So I think if uh, this is a good time to put this out here into the ether, Um, if you listen to this whole episode, if you're still with us, you might be a great candidate um, to write for us. We're hiring a writer for the friend letter. Yes. And we're not really putting it out there publicly except right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Because you're my target audience. You, listening, right here. Yes. She's, She's not talking to me. me. <laughs> she, no. Just you and me. I've right? I've been writing the friend letter, and now she's looking to hire someone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jill, Jill hasn't lived up. No, she's lived up uh, too much of the hype. She's too good. And now we need somebody that she can mentor and, and, and build up. It kind so, of feels like what happened to me when I worked at a bakery in my young 20s. They, I did kind of the front of house everything, sometimes doing some baked stuff. And around the holidays, they needed extra help decorating the cookies. And so I was like, sure, I'll get some extra hours. And that sounds fun, just sitting in the back decorating cookies. And my boss came up to me about an hour later and was like, yeah, you're not going to do this anymore. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? He's like, nothing. Not, I mean, the cookies look beautiful. The cookies are stunning, but you're taking way too long to decorate these cookies <laughs> and your time is better spent elsewhere. <laughs> and that's kind of what's happening with the friend letter is um, I'm doing a good job. I just apparently my time needs to go to social media. Well, yeah, uh, it's not even that you're taking too long. It's just that mm-hmm. your um, my time needs to go. Time elsewhere. is better st- spent elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. So if you're looking to make extra money in 2024 and want to want to hang out with us um, digitally for the long run, just you got you got to commit. You got to commit to us. Not forever. Not for the rest of your life. But you know, like it's, it, you got to you got to be listening to the full episode and here at the the after show. Yeah. It's you gotta like, be one it's of not one blood of us. And, and status, that's you. But yeah. It is. Um but no, if you if you can commit to a writing about like if you've ever written a blog post about two thousand words, kind of writing that every week. We've got three friend letters. They're about six to seven hundred words each. So if you can commit to that, if you have the time for that and you want to make some extra money, reach out, Jen at frugalfriendspodcast.com. Uh yeah. That's it. It's a, it's, a, it's a paid gig. Oh, it's paid. Yeah. We'll, absolutely. We'll pay you for it's your paid. commitment. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Cool. We don't skimp. We're frugal, not cheap. Ooh. Boom. Mm-hmm. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come